0: Good morning, and welcome to Love, Death, and Everything in Between. I'm your host, Bram. Uh, Happy Tuesday to everyone. Tuesdays are my favorite days, and they're also the days that I put out new podcasts. So let's dive right into today's episode. I am very grateful to have a voice today on this episode Last week's was definitely challenging to record, and where I recorded earlier, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, and I told my husband even, I said, this week's episode, like I took lots of drinks of water while I was recording and like having to pause and different things because it was definitely an interesting time, so I am very grateful to have a voice again. So, Today, I wanted to talk about coping mechanisms. And I think this is so interesting. And because I always like when I go to talk about different topics, I will typically talk about things that, you know, are kind of going on in my life right now because then it's very relatable. But then also, I like to kind of do some research and different things and look things up. If anyone, Knows me, knows I am huge on doing research and looking up information because that's just so helpful for us and you can find so many different things. So, in looking up different stuff with coping mechanisms and why we have coping mechanisms, you know, I, I found a lot of really interesting information and you know. I think it's so easy for us to not really think about the coping skills that we use on a regular basis and how they potentially impact our lives and the people around us, which they absolutely do. I was thinking about when I kind of started deciding, you know, that I was going to talk about coping mechanisms. I started thinking about things that I have that I use for coping mechanisms, and it's kind of interesting because in my brain, my brain went right to unhealthy coping mechanisms, the ones that I use, and I thought that was so interesting because I'm like, my brain just like went straight to this, which when I was doing some reading up on different things, I look I found a article that talked about five common unhealthy coping mechanisms. And the one I was just like, yeah, that's it's kinda one of those things that I feel like it's easy to like jump to a negative because it's just what we do. So I'm going to read the five most common unhealthy coping mechanisms that I found. And I thought this was really interesting. Forced positivity. And I'm going to kind of go back on these after I explain them. Isolation. Fatalism. I'm pretty sure I just said that correctly. Repressing feelings and romanticizing the past. And that, the one of the fatalism I believe I said that correctly if I didn't I apologize that I think is like where our brains like we go to kind of blowing things out of proportion you know focusing on the negative and that's super easy to do especially when you are in a spot where you are trying to manage you know a stressful situation which is what a coping mechanism is anyway The other one that I thought was so interesting, because I have dealt with this a decent amount since losing my dad, and me trying to be more open about it is the forced positivity. So many times when I'm explaining, you know, what's going on or how I'm feeling, you know, I've had people make comments like, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to be fine. Just focus on the positive. And me being, and I'm, I consider myself a pretty positive person, but there's times, and this has definitely been one of those times that, you know, when I'm sharing that and someone says that, it just kind of hits you funny, like, what do you mean I'm supposed to focus on the positive? Like, this isn't going to change whether I focus on the positive. It's not gonna change the fact that my dad is gone, that I'm learning to raise a sixteen year old, that I planned my dad's funeral, that I that I did all these things, you know, it doesn't I can sit and be focused on the positive all I want, but it doesn't really change those things. And I think more times than not like that forced positivity is super toxic because you can sit there and force that positivity, but then you're going to end up repressing things and creating all kinds of other issues. And I was like, that is, that's a really interesting like thought. And I don't think I would I don't think I've ever heard of it like labeled like that. And the way this article talked about it was, you know, toxic positivity, which sounds so funny because you're like, wait, how is positivity toxic? But after kind of reading up on different things and looking at it, I'm like, Oh, it totally can be. And I'm, I'm guilty of this too. Like I, I think because I am such a positive person when, you know, people do talk to me, I'm like, okay, like, let's, Let's figure out how to spin this. Let's let's try and make this better. I definitely feel like I have been more aware of how I see things after losing my dad because I've dealt with a lot of the that forced positivity. And that's so hard. You know, we we try and create these like coping mechanisms and these different skills that we can And in all reality it's like we're just trying to come up with things to handle stress and how to manage a stressful situation and it's so easy how we can go to something not positive for us and not actually helping us um my my go-to coping skill like when i'm stressed is restricting like I I have dealt with that for since I was in high school. You no, know, over 20 years now. That is my like go to. And you know, now I can sit there and when I when I start to see myself falling into those patterns of eating disorder behaviors, you know, I take a step back and I'm like, "What am I trying to control here?" what's really going on that I'm going back to this unhealthy coping skill that I that you know I have created and this is kind of goes back to this is so interesting with all this because you know you start reading about coping skills and you have a lot of stuff that comes up about you know conscious thinking you know we're we're consciously you know Taking a step back, you you come up with, like, these different things of, like, what can I do that's going to help me, you know? And that's all very, like, conscious. But once we're creating those those habits, I think that's when it falls into, like, the subconscious brain, and there's that going on. But there's so much with coping skills that is very active in the – Conscious and subconscious brain, which I find all of that just wildly fascinating. I think it's so important for us to find healthy ways to handle stress and to work through different situations because, you know, not only is that going to help us as people, you know, but, you know, you, you figure out what you need and how to you know navigate these different like feelings of like hey this is going on i know i need to come up with something that is going to help me that i can like take a second you know i can listen to some music i can change my physiology i can drink water all these little things that you know that are small things that could change that situation really quickly. But I think a lot of times, you know, when we are trying to come up with different things, we think we have to have, you know, some, you know, grand redirection or that we have to, like, come up with something so so substantial to be like, okay, you know, I need this, this coping mechanism for this. I need this skill. And a lot of times, you know, I don't like that saying, the keep it simple, stupid. Because I don't like, I don't like the stupid thing, the name calling. That always just sits, sits weird with me. But I think some of those things, you know, keeping it simple. That is so, so important for us. And, you know, like I said, we can do small things that are going to help. But I also don't feel like, you know, we're taught that. And, you know, our society, being such an instant gratification society, I feel like that plays a huge role in, you know, how we develop new coping skills. I think a lot of people end up turning to negative ones because it's easy. Because, you know, again, our society is like, okay, let's let's see there's a problem, let's nip it in the butt, you know, that's why addiction is what it is in our world, you know, whether it be drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, all those things, they give you that, that kind of, it's a, and it's a distraction, but it's not a, it's not a healthy distraction, and, you know, even in, uh, even, like, looking different things up with, like, different coping skills, you know, everything that we do could easily go one way or another if we're not managing it and we're not being aware. You know, one of, the, one of the top ones that I saw in a lot of things that I read was, you know, working out. And that's such a simple thing to do. But a lot of times it's like you can get really crazy into that and I, and maybe i'm just a little more aware of like different things like that because of my eating disorder and having to navigate throughout my life different things that are all probably related more to like body image issues or body dysmorphia but it's like i i think about those things and i and I, it's probably also because you know like i said my coping mechanism for me was, you know, I fall back to, you know, restricting or purging, different things like that, because that's something that I I started so long ago, and it has definitely been something that I've had to, like, consciously work on and working on creating healthier habits for myself, because, you know those of you that have kids, you want your kids to look at you and, you know, understand, like, this is something that helps and that I can do. I took a couple different, uh, Tony Robbins classes like two years ago. And I love some of the stuff that it's like I learned, like, and it's been so cool to be able to like teach Koi because I, you know, I learned and I kind of done a bunch of research into, like, the physiology and changing your physiology quickly. And so, you know, every once in a while, I'll just, like, out of the blue, say to Koi, make your move. Because that's something from when I did the class. And, again, this is such an old, crazy topic. But you start diving into, like, physiology and changing that. And what goes on? Rapid movements like that, you know. When I tell him make your move, and he makes a move really fast, and he always does some funny pose, but it changes his mood like that in seconds. And I'm like, how crazy is that? And that's not something that you know we're taught that you know we can quickly make this motion, and that's going to help. And it sounds super silly. Trust me, I. But you start doing it and you actually feel and see it and you're just kind of like mind blown, like what? That one in drinking water, you know, I'm I'm such a water pusher all the time to everyone. But, you know, you start reading about the benefits of water and just taking a drink of water. You know, that that does a lot of things, too. And if you pay attention, like, take a drink of water and feel it, like, run down your esophagus and, like, go into your body. And you pay attention you're like, that feels great, you know? Just small little things that I don't think we were ever taught, you know? Taking a couple minutes to, you know, if you feel yourself... And this is something that I've definitely had to do. If I start to, because I'll be honest, I'm a hothead. (laughs) I have a lot of passion for a lot of things. And I can get heated pretty quickly. And so something that like I have definitely worked on a lot, especially since becoming a parent, is, you know, when I start to feel that, like, I have to breathe. I need to kind of put myself in... A different state and I have to go slower and just taking that you know those f- couple minutes you know 30 seconds however long that I kind of check myself and you I almost go in kind of go into like a meditative kind of like feeling state where I'm just like okay Brienne slow down take a breath you know feel how you're feeling And I think that's another thing too, you know, we, we have to have grace for ourselves, which I'm always telling everyone that too, you know, having grace for each other, for ourselves, that, you know, we're all navigating this life together, but individually. And I think that's why it is so important for us to, you know, share things that work for you talk about stuff that works that doesn't work because you know as as life goes on you know your life changes what coping skills you need in your life is going to change because you're changing you know we're we're all changing it's happening all the time and so i think talking about these things you know figuring out what works for you learning how to be examples to our kids, to our friends, to our family, like it's so, it's so important because we're all connected, you know, creating any kind of divide is just silly and harmful. And I think a lot of times when you, that's kind of one, one thing that I did read too also, it's like, you know, trying to figure out whether your coping mechanisms are healthy or not healthy. And a lot of the unhealthy ones, they will go back to a lot of, you know, isolation type things. And then you have the isolation and then you're repressing feelings. Then it just kinda it goes down this like dark hole, basically. It's like it's like the scene from the never ending story when our tax our tax is sinking, you know? It's just going into the mud. You start having negative things, and it just sucks you in. And I think that's why, you know, it is so important for us to be able to, you know, work on, on, you start to feel yourself, you know, sinking a little bit, and you're like, hey, I got to check myself. What's really going on? What's really making me get all Debbie Downer and focusing on the negative when life, life is hard too, but life is so beautiful, you know, even in the hard situations. And this is, again, this is probably where I like wonder, I'm all, am I like borderline doing the the forced positivity here or is this just me being me because like I said I'm a super positive person and I I really work on you know learning and growing through those hard situations you know sharing things because I think it helps I think it helps us all realize that we're all human and the good and the bad is all part of us. You know, life is beautiful. It's hard all in the same breath. And it's a matter of, you know, learning, growing, coming up with things that work for you, but are also being true to you, too. I think that's so huge. You know, coming up with things that help us As a person but also you know put us in a spot where we're actually growing and we're not just repressing things or living in this weird place of sunshine and rainbows all the time when it's not that's just a disservice to us and to others because you know Life's not always like that And it doesn't mean that we have to focus on things But it gives us an opportunity to Come up with different things That are going to help us You know Come up with different ways When times get stressful How you're going to Come out of it And you're not going to feel like You've just lost your mind You know I think that's the stuff that is so huge and again have grace for yourself while you're trying to develop these new coping skills and you know talk it out with your friends or significant other your whoever you know so many times we we can help each other but a lot of times it's it's hard because you're putting yourself in a vulnerable state to have someone be like hey like you do want to, you know, come up with a different coping mechanism. You want to do this. You know, let's talk about it. This is kind of something that, you know, that I've seen that I I kind of realize that you do. And, you know, you can come up with constructive ways of having hard conversations where you can help someone and not belittle them. And I think being able to get vulnerable and be a little uncomfortable especially with people that are close to you, you know, sometimes those are the best people to help you come up with new coping skills because they see your patterns. I talk to Lowell a lot about my eating disorder stuff because he sees what I do. You know, 95% of the time, he'll know that I'm having a hard time with my eating disorder before I even vocalize it. And so I think if we can get in places where we can have harder conversations, where we can talk about things, you know, that's going to help us create different coping skills. They're going to be really beneficial for us. And then, you know, as time goes on, we can adjust where we need because, again, we're always learning and growing. It's just all these little things that, you know, we can do to help us to be more successful in life, to feel better. Because no one wants to feel like crap, you know? And a lot of times I feel like we, we blow things out of proportion in our own minds and then make ourselves feel like crap. And we don't need to do that. Life is too short and we're too amazing. You know, we're such incredible life forces here and can help each other. And I think we just forget. So I challenge you to look at your different coping mechanisms, figure out which ones are healthy, which ones you feel like you could probably tweak, you know, look at some of them and try and have some uncomfortable conversations with people around you get out of that comfort zone and trust that the people that you're talking to love and care and want the best for you and you know same way that you could reflect back to them with different things you know we have to help each other because we're all here together so that is my thought for this week. I hope everyone has a wonderful week and finds ways to add positivity to our world and you know reflect back on what works for you and what doesn't work for you and things that you want to you want to do better. You you know that you have come up with that actually work, you know? I would love to hear any input from anyone. So you can comment or send me a message. So have a wonderful week, y'all. And I love you. And thanks for listening.